0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Joshua Jackson. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognizing and celebrating the people who keep this great country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organizations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. If you're in a leadership position yourself and you would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, please go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Each week on this program, I'm joined by a different leadership figure from the world of business, education, politics, sports, or even from local communities in the aim of truly discovering who these people are that get up every morning and make this country work. We get their take on the current economic and political landscape of the UK, and discuss everything from software engineering to you know political electioneering, and of course the success and the innovation that make it all worthwhile in the end. On today's program, I am delighted to be welcome to be welcoming Sug Sahadevan from Test House, an organisation that was founded in 2000, and started as an IT consultancy that has now moved into a global position that does risk assessments, um, op devs, really looking at the entirety of an IT infrastructure platform. Um, Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Sug onto the show.
1: Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for for, uh, getting me on the show. Appreciate that.
0: Not a problem at all. So, uh, if you'd like to just give a bit of background about yourself in in your own words, I think that's a really good way to, to sort of start um, the program, just about how you started the the organisation, and um, we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Well, uh, I'm originally from. Uh, I'm, well, my parents are from, originally from India, but I was born in Singapore, and I came to the UK when I was about five or six years old, and uh, you know, been been here ever since. And uh, you know, I, I went to University and studied in uh, electronic engineering and started my first job at uh, GCHQ, the government communications headquarters in Cheltenham. And then moved around various jobs uh, as uh, in, in IT from software development to uh, project management to program management uh, at various organizations. And final two stints at probably uh, British Gas Trading or Centrica. And then the last one at uh, Deutsche Bank uh, in. in Central, central London, mm. uh, and during which time I started the company called Test House because I looked at um, that most of the software was currently available or was being provided by outside for running businesses. But what, what was lacking was the integration of the different parts of the software and, and the testing of it, making sure that the whole all of the applications can truly support the business. So that's what Test House is about. Is testing and making sure that any software or system is able to support the business in the way that the business expects it to. And uh, you know, you can have security problems, you can have things slow, things not working properly, things causing a lot of errors, uh, people, people, you know, not being able to access the system. All sorts of issues that come up. Um that you know you've you've been familiar with and it's in the news, so we try to 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 resolve that or reduce that uh Errors in this in, in, in the in, in the wide world
0: absolutely and I can imagine uh, given the uh, rate of technological change since 2000 that uh, you know your your test house and the organization has had to expand and to adapt and deal with ever ongoing changes never mind those like over the last 18 months with the whole work from home process organizations having to make sure that their staff are secure uh, working remotely and obviously having all of that IT risk as well and um, can we you know, give me a bit of a uh, an idea of how obviously the last eighteen months has changed for you? Have you had to adapt to uh, to new working processes? Have you been um, you know helping other people to adapt theirs?
1: <laughs> um, well, one of the things that what we what we have is that uh, obviously it's headquartered in the UK and and uh, sometimes uh, with offices in uh, in Dubai, in Australia, in the US, and also a fairly large. The poor people working out of India as an offshore centre. And uh, what we found during the the COVID was that people were working from home Mm. and uh, businesses were starting to see that, well, if they can work from home, it doesn't matter whether they're working from here or whether they're working in in Vietnam or or in Poland or whatever outside. So a lot of people are... If you do that, obviously you save a lot of money because it's much cheaper. Therefore, a lot of people were coming to us to to use our offshore services in in India, and that part of the business started to grow quite significantly for us. So, in terms of business, it was it was good uh, in that sense. Um, uh, But you know, and everybody was uh, working from home. We started in March 2020 when uh, the first COVID was being announced, and before even the government stopped, we we told everybody to work from home, and they did. And, and we have no deterioration of service to our customers, so everything was working perfectly. So for the last two two years now, it's been very much uh, a shell office with uh, no no visitation really at any any point in time. Um, but I think we're starting to feel the pinch, and uh, it's getting to you know the the, the human uh the human need for companionship and work ethics and, and the fun at work all of that is missing absolutely missing.
0: The, so, the camaraderie amongst the team is the yeah. the major thing yeah, that a lot of people yeah. are saying is missing um you know with everybody yeah, working yeah. remotely so do you think that you'll be coming back you know sooner yeah, rather than right. later hybrid um you know
1: how do you think you are uh, expecting that to work Well, right, i think we will we'll gradually start to we've already started uh going uh, people going in one day a week kind of thing. So there's somebody in the office now on a regular basis and then we'll slowly start to bring in more and more. So it's not something that we're enforcing people to do. Uh, we don't have a need for that because productivity is not deteriorated by any means because of working from home. But it is just uh, on an individual basis, but on a team basis, the vision of the company, the what we're doing as a collective, all of that, uh, what we would normally be sharing with the team because we're all in the office together they hear about some of the conversations all of that is missing so they don't know what's actually happening within the business they know what job they have to do and they get on with it kind of thing brilliant
0: and from a sort of client perspective did you think that um you know they came to you in a rush in that sort of march 2020 period everything was going on to help them adapt to the work from home situation or or was it something that uh, everybody just sort of dealt with by themselves and you've just adapted as you've
1: gone on it was more of the latter really there wasn't a, there wasn't a big rush as such but people were you know there was a shortage of people i mean it has has grown significantly and uh, the shortage of staff in it is Pretty obvious, you know. Mm. There, there is a lot of uh, shortage of staff, so uh, people are more receptive to our marketing, more receptive to our sales, more receptive as opposed to just ringing us up and saying, "Can you give us some testers there?" Sure. Yeah, or, or can you give us some testing services. I mean, that's an ITO dream world for me but it's not quite happened yet absolutely
0: absolutely i think obviously now is probably a good time to mention that um before all this kicked off as well you were um uh, you won the Queen's Award for for Enterprise, um, in 2018 and 2019 again. You know, being nominated for um, uh, you know, various QE awards and uh, you know, software testing awards as well. So before all this yeah. happened, you were really very much, uh, you know, looking forwards with a a good boost to you. So you know, may that continue as well. Um, and Thank obviously you. as the sort of founder. Of the organisation, and now somebody that does spearhead the the international work. Do you find that your style of leadership has had to change um, during this this period? Do you think that the the skills that you had beforehand were were adaptable enough, and do you see that progression continuing?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think there was there is a lack in my you know in my skills. I mean, I'm not I haven't done a, an MBA. Uh, I haven't been in that uh, position of, of CEO of a you know of a team of people. I think close to about 500 people. Mm-hmm. So managing that kind of team is not something that I have done before or experience of before. So you know we've had to bring in people who've got that kind of experience to to, to supplement uh, mine or any of the other existing leaders within the organisation. It, it yeah, so I would say we've. There are gaps in my leadership in terms of, you know, the, what I would say. I'm good at the entrepreneurial kind of area to start something up and run it as a small business and to pick it up into the next level. But I've never been beyond that, and so we need to we needed to bring in people with uh, with the right level of experience in 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 doing that. And, and we're constantly looking for talent at various levels to to supplement that.
0: Brilliant. And as I say, that's a, a great sign of leadership as well, actually, it's being able to understand that everybody is flawed or doesn't have a requisite experience. And, uh, you know, you've you've seen that recognition in yourself and brought in other people. So, again, an absolutely fantastic way to, to really run an organization and, and know that not everybody can be the jack of all trades you know we all know how that finishes um, master of none but um you know so yeah. that again in itself is a, is a fantastic way to sort of run the organization um you know it was something you particularly wanted to, to talk about when you came on here I believe was the CSR work that um, you've been doing and how to sort of implement that insert into company culture
1: mm. well I mean I think um, yeah the corporate social responsibility I mean it's, it's not uh, you, you can do it if you have the right attitude towards it. That you really want to do it. When you do it, the the benefits are enormous. I mean, I, I will give you an example that uh, I was uh, I took on a leadership role in a charity which supports uh, uh, pe- youngsters into work or promoting and helping them get into work. Uh, it's called 15 Billion. It's an education business partnership and. Uh, I, I got involved in that, and through that I met um, uh, Andrew Buxton, who was the, the chairman, used to be the chairman of Barclays, and uh, and uh, he, he then came in to help me as the chairman of Test House so that he can give me advice, because I I knew that I needed some advice in some areas, I didn't know which it was, so I needed somebody like him to tell me, "Shug, sure, you're not doing this right, you're not doing this right, you need to do this, etc." to give me that guidance because there isn't anybody else. But I, I managed to get somebody like him through through that charity. I mean, and I think that uh, the fact that we were both involved in the same charity gave him the confidence that, uh, you know, that he would want to support me. He, he obviously didn't do it for the money. Um, so, Yeah, that, that corporate social responsibility, I think, is quite key in, uh, in in lots of ways and it's helped me quite a lot.
0: Absolutely. And, mm. You know, looking ahead uh, in the UK, especially this year, we have um, you know COP26, and there's been an awful lot of talk around boosting CSR programs, especially having sustainable, um, you know, working practices, environmental practices. Is that something you're um, looking ahead to as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, we do we do quite a lot of work. I mean, in, in the CSR space, it's not all sort of made public or anything like that. We do it because we we, we want to, we enjoy it. And I think that it it helps, uh, you know, a lot of people do team building exercises and they pay a lot of money to do team building exercises. I find it a a lot easier to do some charitable work and build a team at the same time. So uh, um, those are the sort of benefits that I find from doing CSR work. Uh, I I thought it was quite um, really sort of uh, heartwarming to see a team come together to help some particular cause and have fun at the same time and build build. uh, Build a team for themselves, so they work together a lot better.
0: Absolutely, completely agree.
1: I hope you. I hope I explained that right. No,
0: I <laughs> don't. You worry. I, I think you did. You know, it's uh, it is always great to have people, um, you know, talking about the the sort of company ethos, and especially when you are then taking those days out, giving back the work that you're doing um, sort of with the fifteen billion um, charity as well, or, or organisation. Sorry, um, there it seems like a, a good quality company structure, um, but sort of looking. To the future on this one, um you know it seems like the world is getting back to a sense of pre covid normality dealing with um covid uh, obviously there are other issues at play as well, as i mentioned cop twenty six worldwide events that are going on at the moment but um do you see your company moving uh, so how do you see the next sort of twelve months going for you? Do you see it being a, a complete spring back? do you see it being another twelve months of of sort of midway struggle or um or another you know line entirely
1: well um I think in the u k and we, we, we're pretty lucky we I think we take it for granted that uh, you know we've had the the covid, the vaccines, and we are open more or less to normality. I mean, we can go to the shops, and uh, we can do more or less, everything that we do, we can go to the pub, have a drink, we can go to the cinema. We can do almost all of that, but the rest of the world is is still lagging quite a lot behind. Uh, and uh, when, when, so for instance, for us, when we're running a global organisation, it does make it difficult for me to travel from one place to the other, go to visit our customers, all of those sort of things. So gradually, yes, I think it will get back to some sort of normality. But you know, the it isn't going to be quick or easy, and or every time you're you're worried about the the rules changing, whether which is going to be red, green, amber, whether when we go there, whether you're going to catch something, when you come back, are you going to do? All of those sort of things are going to be lasting, I think, for a while longer. But i think u k you know we, we we're pretty lucky and i think i think u k will be in a in a good recovery position
0: absolutely given the um the level of which the vaccine program has been rolled out and now we're seeing yeah. uh, countries that were praised previously for having you know strong responses are now lagging in the the vaccine area yeah. as well so you know it is yeah. you're right it is gonna still be a a worldwide issue for some time but uh, hopefully you know more normal than not <laughs> but yeah uh, so far. yeah uh, as I say, from a from a sort of company perspective, though, is there anything um, that you're looking to do that's new? Are you going into any new areas? Are you um, uh, just sort of doubling down on on the uh, on the platforms that you were you know prior to uh, for the working on for the last twenty years, really?
1: Uh, well, no, there's some diversification. I mean, we currently work with uh, mostly software and IT systems that support businesses, but. As you can see, lots of things are changing in, in terms of uh, Internet of Things (IoT) devices. So people controlling everything from with with IoT. So the the testing for those are, are going to be very challenging. So you've got you know cars uh, you know in in the being controlled by various ways using IoT from your phone to automatic driving, all of those sort of things. It needs a lot of checks and and things before people can be using them. So we want to, we want to, we are actually diversifying into more of that IoT kind of work and then moving on to, uh, you know, other things beyond just software and IT systems. That will be our plan
0: brilliant and it that does seem like the way to be to be going forward you know the interconnected worlds and never mind getting on to the uh, the hot topic of obviously cryptocurrency blockchain testing everything like that as yeah, well yeah. Um, you know which is just continuously there's continuous innovation um going on yeah. at the moment and, and that doesn't have any signs of slowing down but um sure, I, Time is now sort of coming to an end. It was great to to have you on today. Um, you know, perfect to be mentioning um, the work that you've been doing over the past few years, your outlook for the future, and obviously again then the work that you've been doing on the, the CSR side. So thank you ever so much for for coming on today. Um, brief, but hopefully uh, give it another few months and we can have you back on um, to talk about how things may have changed or to um, you know speak about something new entirely. That would be that would be great.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. appreciate
0: it. Thank you. Brilliant. So thank you very so, much for your time. Bye. Have a good day.
1: Bye-bye.
0: That was Sug Sahadevan, the founder and CEO of Test House, an IT consultancy firm with global offices all over the world. And next up on the show, we have our chairman lord david blunkett who will be talking about the impacts of covid over the last 18 months the government response to it and how he sees uh, the next 12 months playing out um, he will be interviewed by matthew o'neill lord blunkett welcome
2: thank you very much it's very good to be with you not only reverted to a party that they can support because they can see it acting, developing, presenting as a credible alternative government, Mm -hmm. but also that the lessons have been learned from the fiasco from 2015 onwards. In other words, there have to be very clear signals of substantial change, not just the right words,